0: Welcome to the how to get a job podcast. I am your host, Daniel Botero. And in this podcast, we help international STEM students land a job that sponsors the H-1B without applying to hundreds of companies. So if you enjoyed this episode, give us a follow, give us a review and share with a friend without further ado, enjoy the episode. All right, right. Welcome. Welcome back to this episode of the podcast. And today we have an amazing guest. She's coming back two years later and so much has changed but today I have Stephanie Nwesi with me. She's the CEO of MaxUp. She's a career coach and she is a financial analyst at Google. Stephanie, welcome back. How are you? I'm
1: so excited to be back here. I can't believe it's been two years since we made that episode and it was such an amazing episode and, and I can't wait to see what we talk about today. Thanks so much for having me back.
0: No, thank you for having me, uh, for, having, having, for being here. Like you're a superstar. Uh, two years ago, you were doing an internship at JP Morgan and we focused on your mindset. I was like, Stephanie, your mindset is amazing. You keep that mindset up. You're going to do amazing things with your life. And by no surprise, you've just continued to work really hard and it's paying off and you can see the results. And so um, I would say you had an amazing college career, right? You did a, many internships and that's led you to a job to with the most desirable company to work for, Google. What advice do you have for any college student that has maybe one, two semesters left and hasn't even started thinking about their career?
1: That's a really good question. I think one of the first things is that um especially in the in the world we're living in right now um a lot of the college students that are college students right now are coming from a two-year gap and what i mean by that is you know a lot of them were in the pandemic you know um away from social life basically and so this the, the reason why i mentioned this is because now they have to go back to the in-person events to so the in-person networking events career first and all those things that they probably forgot about and they probably don't even remember how to how to do an elevator page and things like that's so the first advice I have for college students is make sure you understand and grasp the basics how do your elevator page have your resume ready write your cover letter everything that you know compiled to your portfolio and then after that focus a lot on your brand so we didn't last episode, we didn't talk about much about brand. But after these two years, I've seen the importance of having a good brand, especially on LinkedIn. Right. How much of like people like recruiters and hiring managers are on the platform and off the platform, too. And, and, and it's, it's crazy to see uh, that a lot of college students don't even know about this. Right. So my advice is try to connect with them. Now, do not wait until you graduate to say, hey, I graduated and now I'm looking for a job. Try to do it now. And if you can get an internship, that'll be awesome. If you cannot, then that's okay. Focus on your full-time job now. Start planning it out, right? Build the strategy and then get a coach if you can. I mean, really, like if you can get a coach um, that can help you, like Daniel, (laughs) that'll be awesome. Because at the end of the day, when I was a college student I had a coach myself and Look where I'm now, right? It it really pay off.
0: Yeah, I I think there's a couple of things you said that that are just really, really important. And thank you for the shameless plug. I appreciate you on that. But um, and it's not even just hire me as a coach. I think hire Stephanie as a coach. I mean, to me, it's about finding the right coach. But before that, before we talk about the importance of investing yourself in coaching, I want to talk about a lot of the things that you said there, because it's really important. I think it's like less than half of college students have a profile on LinkedIn, right? And then even the people who do have a profile, less than two percent are creating content, and 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 even less are utilizing it for networking. And so, what I want to do is just encourage you to really focus on creating a solid LinkedIn profile and utilize it as your virtual resume, right? Because your resume is when you hand it to someone is when they see it. But your LinkedIn profile is like your landing page, is your homepage, and it's a really important way for recruiters hiring managers to get to know you and to your point now that we're going to more live events it's attending those live events you know utilizing your university's career services going to those events going to the career fair and really to me getting ready for fall recruitment where most of the hiring is done.
1: Absolutely and you mentioned a really good point fall recruitment I don't know if you remember and and I don't think I shared that in the last episode but I want to make this quick story when I applied for the Google internship back in 2020, I remember that the, the full recruitment that you're talking about, the applications opening in September, I was doing mock interviews and getting my resume review in March. Now look at the timeframe from March to September, that's approximately five, six months. Right. So I prepare for this application for six months. I talked to people. I had like 28 coffee chats with professionals from the company. I mean, by the time I got to the interview, I had already had a whole story as to why I wanted to work at the company, counting back all the months that I've been preparing for it. And and this is really important because people try to prepare for an interview or something like that, like the, the week before. Right. Try to prepare for full recruitment a week before try to do it ahead of time.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so important to, to talk about this, right? Because, um, I, I, to me, there's five P's like proper preparation prevents poor performance. And the best way you can show a company that you care about them, that you really want this, that you are a really good investment, right? Is to have proper preparation. And to me, preparing for fall recruitment as early as possible, whether it's March, like you did in or starting now in July It's going to set you apart from the people who literally are filing this application the week before it's due because they just realized that it was open. And so I think, like you said, connecting with people that did the internship last year, connecting with people that do the job that you uh, want to do. So um, connecting with recruiters and hiring managers, working with coaches, getting your resume ready, practicing those mock interviews Uh, practice having coffee chats all of those things that you can do to prepare but what advice do you have in terms what other things that somebody can do right now knowing that it's july to get ready for fall recruitment
1: i think one thing that i wish i did and and i think that a lot of people can do it's basically uh, prepare your own Excel list with application timeline. So for example, you can ask a prior or, or an ex-intern, right? Or someone who worked at the company. Hey, do you remember when you applied to the company? I mean, they're not going to say no. Um, if you have a, a, an approximate timeline of when applications open, you won't miss out on actually applying. You want to be one of the first. Actually, I, was, I applied the first day that it opened. So you don't want to wait until the last day when they're already rolling out applications and probably interviewing people already. You want to be one of the first person to apply, and for you to do that, you need to know when the recruitment timeline for that. The second thing is try to have informational interviews. How many informational interviews did I have as a college student? A lot, right? And what I mean by informational interviews is having coffee chats with recruiters, right? Like talking with recruiters. What What do you do at the company? Uh, what type of roles? you know do you hire for what advice will you have for me in terms of resume and so on because at the end of the day they are the ones who are looking at resumes on a daily right so you also want to get their their perspective so i think if you do the steps now by the time the application opens you're gonna be almost all set in terms of like applying the last thing that i can't forget is look at the job descriptions and then find what are some of the most trending like um skills that you need. So for example, if you're going for a project manager role and you see that you need change management or the PMP certification or whatever the case may be, I want you by the time the application open, you at least have one certification for that. You at least have some sort of basic knowledge for that software that you need to know, right? So you have three months now before the application opens. In three months, how much can you learn? How much can you do a lot, right? And right now, there's a lot of resources that are available online and for free for you to learn that. So don't wait until the application open. People say they don't hire me because I don't have experience. But what if you learn what is needed for the job now?
0: No, yeah, I, I think what you're saying is super important. And it's about being organized and having the right steps. So like, to me, step number one, like you mentioned, is understanding this timeline. So do you have a sheet of your target companies, your target programs? What is their open date and, and, and closing date? And what you say was awesome, right? Apply first, right? Because most people apply last. But if you're applying first, the, those people who post the job are like refreshing their emails to see what applications come in too. So The fact that you apply first and your application is quality, that's going to really set you apart. Uh, The second thing is having coffee chats. Like, and I know the biggest excuse I'm going to hear is like, well, I don't have time. I'm like, I'm telling you, everybody, if Stephanie had time to do this, you have time. She was a full-time student. She had a business. She was doing an internship and she was still able to do this. You can do this too. So it's not about the time because it's never a lack of time. It's a lack of priority. And if landing a really good job, especially with like the Google's, Tier one companies is important to you, then you need to make time and then start preparing. What are the skills that are needed? Right. So, really amazing points because that is, that's it. Like, you just, that is the secret recipe to get into a top tier company, right? Be organized with the deadlines, network, and build the skill sets. And if you can do that, you're going to get in. You know, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It might not be your first try, but if you continue and doing it over and over, you will get there because. Companies want to hire top talent. And you know what the number one indicator of success is? Grit. Grit. And I think, Stephanie, when I think about the word grit, I think you are a great example because someone can easily look at your, you know, social media and look at your profile and be like, oh, Stephanie, she's just lucky. Or, you know, she probably, you know, got some viral posts and went lucky. Or she's lucky because she got a job at Google or at JP Morgan to open the doors but like I would love for you, for you to share and say like you're real like the real experience and I know you do a good job of sharing that but I'm talking about like when people are looking at like content creators or influencers what they see No
1: you're absolutely right and I think that that's a really important point to make when you look at someone's social media don't 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 judge by what the cover says right try to understand like who's that person behind the screen and in my case Uh, A lot of people don't know, but I I barely learned English. I think I I shared that last time, but I barely learned English in 2018. Uh, I came to the U.S. in 2015, so it was a matter of three years for me to be able to really grasp what the language was, right? So imagine someone who doesn't speak the language at a networking event trying to speak to a professional to get their business card. That is one of the most freak, like frightening moments that you can ever experience, not being able to communicate with someone because you're afraid they wouldn't understand you. That's what I faced, no one, not twice, but literally every time I would go to an event. Um, And I think like it, it, it's a combination of yes, mindset, but also like, what was driving me to do it? And so I think that what I want to share with people is that there's two there's two Stephanies. There's a Stephanie that that I came here in 2015 that was a teenager. I was 16 years old, um, facing a lot of rejections. So you mentioned you won't get it the first time. You might not get it the first time or the second time. I mean, I got rejected from Microsoft on the final round interview and I had already done like five interviews. So this was the final round and I got rejected literally the next day. And so That's literally a month after that, I had the offer from Google. I mean, just just imagine, like a month after. So I thought my word, literally, like like my dreams had just crushed down because I I I got rejected by a big company. And guess what? That was a redirection. I didn't see that happening. And then a month later, I got my offer at my dream company. And so. You might see the success, but you don't know what's behind the scenes. In my case, I even got rejected from colleges. I remember getting rejected from like a bunch of other places before actually like reaching that, that what we call now success. And so I come from a first gen, low income background. So I have a very non-traditional path. And I think like people need to understand that everyone has a very different path. And at the end of the day, every single journey, it's important. So whether you come from a non-traditional background or you go to a non-target school, or you don't have the perfect GPA at the end of the day, what's really going to set you apart isn't necessarily all of that, but who you are and what skills you bring to the table. And I think that, that, that that's like what really matters. And so I want people to see the Stephanie that's on social media, yes, sharing successes, but I also want them to see that there is a person behind the screen that had a lot of rejections and still getting rejections up to this day. That's what people don't know, right? You see people right now on social media and think, yeah, they're doing great. But what you don't know is that these people are facing rejections every day. Like I applied for a tech talk that I got rejected for. I mean, actually, let me let me rephrase that. I didn't apply. I got selected or nominated by someone to do a tech talk. And I got rejected from it. But I never even applied. You see, you see what I mean? So it hurt even more the fact that I was nominated by someone else and then I got rejected. And that was like three months ago. So by this, what I wanna to share to everyone that that that's listening is you're not gonna do great in life all the time. And even though you might share like, you know, successes on social media or you might see other successes, you don't need to compare yourself to them at the end of this, your journey. So just focus on yourself and look at those successes as inspiration.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I think you're, you're 1,000% correct is understanding that you know rejection is redirection. And at the end of the day, what you have to do is control the controllables. If you control the controllables, you will you will eventually get the outcome. And that might be today, it might not be tomorrow. But if you control the controllables, you will get there, right? And one of the things, like, if you think about it, whether it's career, like if you uh, have quality applications and you're networking enough, you will eventually get a job, promise you. I, I'm telling you, you will get there. But you have to do the right things, over and over again and every time you get rejected take it as a learning lesson to me you either you win or you learn but you never lose and if you have that mentality you continue to grow and understand that what has in the past been your biggest failures actually make you stronger and help you achieve your biggest successes
1: absolutely and one last thing i want to mention is Nowadays, social media has a huge amount of presence of Gen Zs and Millennials, and so my suggestion for everyone who is in social media right now is to make sure you do your due diligence, right? What I mean by that, Daniel, is understand what is the content that you're consuming and apply what I call a content diet. So a content diet means know when to stop being a consumer and when it's time for you to produce. So you don't always wanna be the consumer, you wanna produce as well, whether that is making videos on TikTok or making videos on YouTube or creating content on LinkedIn, whatever it is that will help you, I want you to start doing that instead of just consuming because when you become a consumer, what's gonna happen is you're gonna get burned out. Have you ever heard of people getting burned out consuming content. It's insane, but it's actually happened, especially with Gen Z's and millennial and college students. So I advise everyone who's listening to this to maybe try to produce more. And that doesn't have to be just on social media. Maybe it's just a project that you want to work on, right? I want people to focus on being a producer instead of a consumer.
0: Yeah. And I'll even shift that a little bit because I I agree with you. And even I find myself uh, when I consume a lot of social media and I start actually having anxiety and then I'm consuming social media when I have anxiety and I'm looking at people's social media and I'm like, that is their best version of themselves. And my head I'm going through and then the worst version of myself. And you have this whole thing of like, I should be further ahead. How do they have that job? And I don't have that job. How do they do that? And I haven't done that. And what it does, it just creates more and more anxiety from yourself. So you, I agree with you. Like you need to understand when to not consume went to it's totally okay to also like maybe hide those profiles or not go to those profiles or get higher notifications to allow you to you know get your your mental health in check and get organized because that happens to me too like it happens to all of us and it's important for you to know and now on top of now talking about producing I look at this like that your LinkedIn profile I use LinkedIn because that's my my favorite platform. But creating content on LinkedIn, even if you're just a, a high school student, a college student or early career, is gonna is gonna be one of the best ways for you to bulletproof your career and be able to build a brand there and be able to be known and it's gonna allow you to find jobs, have people reach out to you for opportunities, and to me, it's unmatched. So, to me, if you're not creating content on LinkedIn, even if it's just posting once a week and updating what's going on in your life, I think you're missing a massive opportunity. How has, and I love your thoughts on that too, but how has creating a brand on LinkedIn helped you in your career? Honestly, if you were to ask
1: me that question two years ago when we were at, in the podcast, I think my answer would have been so much different. I'll tell you why. I remember that I started creating content around careers back in 2020. I became an active content creator, and it was it was such a life changing opportunity for me because that's when the whole pandemic happened. Uh, millions of users joined LinkedIn. We were doing LinkedIn lives and and all these things for free for people. And I saw this usage massive community that we built. And I say we because. It it was not just me. It was not Stephanie's like like job. It was like a like a massive amount of of, of creators that just kind of joined forces and, and and made this huge revolution happen. And then it was it took me two years to really see like what like that reward of creating content. Now don't don't get me wrong. There were like small, big, medium wins that I saw here and there. But it's that time when you really look back and reflect and say. Yes, like wow, like all of this happened within these two years, and it's crazy to think about it. Um, so I created content and connected with so many people from the company that I wanted to work for. Um, and they, some of them, recognized me because of the content that I created. So, if you think if you're a college student, and if you think you you make a post about your story and you think that it's not important. Just think about the amount of people that are going to view that post and that are going to remember your name because of that post. And I remember telling you the story. That's how I got my internship at JP Morgan. Mm -hmm. And this is a quick story. So I joined Google as an intern in 2021. And I had a a couple of posts that went viral. I think you remember back in 2021 about that story. And when I joined, I, I can't even tell you the amount of people that emailed me from the company saying, hey, I saw your post that went viral. I want to schedule a coffee chat with you. I want to learn about your story. I want to, you know, help you grow. I wanna have you speak at my event from the company. And I, I was I was just here thinking like, hey, I'm an intern. And 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 that was like that whole imposter syndrome that I think is a topic that, you know, if we go through that road, we're probably gonna spend the whole podcast on that. But I had imposter syndrome because I kept thinking, am I really supposed to be here? I mean, is is this really like where I'm supposed to be? But I got people reaching out to me to speak with me because I was making this post and I was sharing my story. And then now I'm at a point where it's like I'm getting all these partnerships and all these brand deals as a content creator on LinkedIn, which is something that is, I mean, people don't look at LinkedIn and say, yeah, this is the, the creator platform, right? But Something has changed that in the past two years, and I'm on a point now where I get opportunities like that. And this is, and the reason why I'm sharing this is because I want college students and Gen and millennials to look at that possibility. And the, if the possibility is not there, then you open the possibility, you create it because you know, daniel that we were on LinkedIn for a couple of years. This is not something we started yesterday. And these opportunities they were not there before, but they're here now. So what that means is if the opportunity is not there, you create it some way, somehow.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. And and even to, to say that, like to me, it's not even about the brand deals. Like uh, to me, it's about the opportunity to make networking easier for you, right? Like the example of you, your post about you being an intern and that post getting some visibility from people within the company and people reaching out to you to schedule coffee chats and to speak at their events, to me that's that that's setting you up for success in an internship, which then leads to a full time job. And and to me, you don't need to create content that goes viral for you to for this to be effective for you. Like just creating content, and even if five thousand people see it instead of five hundred thousand people see it, if it's the right people to see it, is going to allow for networking within the company so much easier. Right? You might not get a flood of inbound leads, but when you are reaching out, the first thing that happens when you send somebody a message is what. They check your LinkedIn, right? And they're like, who is this person? Should I talk to them? Do I have time? Because remember, it's never a lack of time. It's a lack of priority. And the better your LinkedIn is, the more priority it is for them to talk to you, right? All these people wanted to talk to Stephanie. Why? Because they saw that she has influence, that she has visibility in this really important platform, which made her, them gain value from speaking to her. And Stephanie gained value from speaking to them because they're professionals in the company that she wants to work for full-time, which then leads to a win-win relationship. And there's no such thing as a long-term relationship if it's not mutual beneficial. And so creating content is going to allow you to get the visibility that people want and people desire.
1: Absolutely. And I just want to add quickly that you mentioned something really important. Uh, you don't have to make content that goes viral. You also don't have to make content that's the trending content so you don't have to create content about careers or getting a job or a resume if your content it's about an art that you create if the content it's about design work whatever it is that's your passion create content around that area do you know the amount of people that i know that create content about data analytics or you know uh philosophy i mean you name it but the point is like make sure people recognize you as an expert in the area that you want to work for. If you do that, even if it's just with a thousand people, you're set up for success.
0: Uh, I'm going to say something really embarrassing here. Um, Somebody executed that same thing you said flawlessly on Instagram. And it doesn't even have to be uh, LinkedIn. Uh, My wife and I uh, watched the bachelor together. Right. And somebody created a web, uh, an Instagram page called bachelor data. Where they broke they broke down every episode and screen like how what percentage of people of the cast is uh, people of color or, or white what percent what was the screen time versus the amount of like like what percent of the the screen time was for the people of color versus white um, what like what like the person who got the first rose how far do they generally make it so they they essentially broke down reality TV into data right and that account. Grew so fast and allowed me to appreciate the show a lot more. And this person just showcased her skill set in data and mixed her passion for watching The Bachelor and combined it. And now she's getting brand deals. But more importantly, I promise you that if she ever leads a job and just posts that on her thing, there's people that work in data are hiring managers for companies that also watch the bachelor that are looking at her and saying like, Hey, you're good. You want to come work for me? And I promise you, like, that's the type of creativity that I'm, I'm thinking of. Like, that's what I think. Like it doesn't, that obviously led to some viral posts, but that type of content is perfect. She never said I'm the best in data. She's never giving you a career advice on data. She's making two things. She loves her job with data and the bachelor. And she combined it into one.
1: I absolutely love that. Let me give you another quick example. There's someone I follow on TikTok and Instagram. And what he does, he sits on the train in New York and he paints people who are, who are sitting down on the train. I don't know if you've seen him, but um, I think his name is Daniel, just like you. So so Daniel goes and, and creates arts, And he, he went viral on TikTok and got a bunch of, of deals and whatnot. But he's probably like 21 years old, 22 years old, I think. And he has like 80 million followers and he gets this millions and millions and millions and millions of views. And I can assure you, all he does is sit, uh, like paint people and and, and he gives it to them and that's it. And all he's doing is showing his passion, but I can assure you there's going to be someone out there that looks at his account and say, Hey, you know what? You have great design skills, but you want to try this out. See? So, you probably all you have to do is just share your passion at the end of the day, honestly. Yeah.
0: No, I love it. I love it. No, I, you know, Stephanie, we can talk forever. Um, and, and I want to be extremely respectful of your time, but I feel like this is a good uh, time to kind of like wrap it up. Stephanie, um, you're amazing. You're doing amazing stuff. What is the best place for anybody that's interested in to want to learn more about you, what you do, what services you provide, everything?
1: Yeah, people can find me on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, literally all the apps, ask my name, Stephanie Nuesi. And I have a bunch of free resources, like how to do a resume. Um, I had a whole interview guide that has hiring managers and recruiters perspectives on how to interview correctly with like top like creators on LinkedIn too. Then all of that is on my website so people can just go grab that, use it, and you know, get that job. So yeah, thanks so much for having me, Daniel. This was awesome
0: no stephanie you're an all-star i'm so proud of you i know that this is just the beginning for you and you're awesome keep it up everybody else watching and listening to this catch you guys on the next episode whoa 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 if you're still listening it's because you've reached the end of the episode and that speaks volumes of you in an age of distraction the fact that you're still listening to this means that you're serious about your career and to do that i want to return the favor and reward you for this behavior. So to do that, I wanna give you access to a free 30 minute webinar that's gonna completely change the way you job search. This webinar was built just for international STEM students and we're gonna talk about the three biggest mistakes international STEM students make when looking for a job and how to fix them. So if you wanna get access to this webinar, go to career.com forward slash webinar podcast.